This week on Lead One, managing mediocrity. Welcome to the Lead One podcast, where our mission is to lead leaders through leadership. The goal is to get 1% better every day. Let's see what Drew and the guys have to say. All right, welcome back to Lead One. Let's get 1% better today. We've got uh, just the crew with us uh, this afternoon. Brandon, France, and Sam. Fuck. What up? So to, today's uh, topic is coming from uh, yours truly, old France here. Mr. And, Wall uh, Street himself. That's right. <laughs> hey, hey. So we, we put a little uh, a different spin on the title um, simply because uh, we felt like Francis carried a little somewhat negative connotation to it of managing mediocrity. But it was something that you were seemed to be exceptionally passionate about. So tell us your thoughts on the topic and why you wanted to talk about it today. I feel like uh, in life, when you are passionate about what you do for a living, and then you come across someone that's doing that same job as you, and they are just lackluster at best, it's almost offensive. I feel like it's almost offensive. It's like you have this opportunity and this skill set, and you you may be using 10% of your skill set, where... You know, every day we walk into the office and we're trying to give 100%. Or we try our damnedest to give 100%, you know. And you wind up being next to somebody who's happy at 10. So for me, I feel like it's, it's almost insulting. Like, it's, it's insulting to the craft. It's in, insulting to the skill level, the skill set. And that, tran- that transitions across everything. I'll give you an example, which uh, when I was in New York, uh, I had a. Was this on Wall Street or no? No, 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 no. It was my tech okay. firm. Okay, okay. Uh, my partner, my partner, he actually has a, a tattoo of the Superman logo, on his arm, on his inner forearm, and we hired this videographer, and he had a tattoo on his arm, and his tattoo said "Not Superman." <laughs> yeah, and it was just like. Oh, these two are never gonna get along, <laughs> right? It's like you literally tattooed not Superman on your arm, and your boss has Superman on his arm. So it's like you are fine with this level of you. You're basically saying this level of ten percent or mediocrity. You're you're good right here. You don't want anything more than where you're at currently. Meanwhile, you got this guy who's you know in pit in the pits with you, and he's you know, putting it all on the line every day. So by definition to you, what, wh- who is, I mean, how do you define someone who is mediocre? I think I did. Uh, someone who's just not, someone who's happy with just being on, at the bottom. But would they technically be mediocre or would they be living up to their standard? Their personal standard, not your standard, their standard. And that's where the rubber meets the road because it's like, I, I am passionate about what I do. Um, yeah, we're all in it for, at the end of the day, we're all in it for money. But it's also a passion on what we do because there are other things we could probably go do and probably make more and not give so much of ourselves. But we do this because it's a passion. Let, let me know when you find that. <laughs> right. Well, I'm just saying, like, it just, just as, as being a, uh, an independent contractor or a business owner, you know, there's, there's 
there's literally, you know, um, it, it's it's about the pursuit. Like Misi always says to me, you don't love. It. She says you you don't love what you do. You're in love with being an entrepreneur. That's truly your passion, right? And it, and it took me a long time to 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 really digest that. And that is true. Like I I really in, I'm in love with the building component of creating something. You know, am I in love with insurance? No. You know, uh, is insurance sexy? We talked about this. No. But it's it's what we bring to the table. It's it's how we able to help people. It's how we're able to do what we do. It, it's a passion. That that's where the passion comes in. So when you drew, I give use you as an example. Someone like yourself who's been in the business ten years, you grinded it out, like you put it all on the line. And for someone, I, I respect you for that. And versus you know going across the street. And finding a guy who's saying, hey, you know, I made it to work today, so uh, that's but, a win. You know, sure. I think mediocrity, though, is hard to define because you don't truly know when someone's being half of themselves or being average to themselves. I just be, just Let's just be honest about it. For the sake of example, Drew, let's say someone else put in the same work you put in but don't get the same results. Does that mean they're mediocre or does that mean they just had different results? Not about the results. It's about them, the effort. Not, not the, yeah, effort. the effort. It's the effort. It's I not the you. results. I, and I, that's what I was going to say. I think I do agree with the effort part. I just do think sometimes um, we got to do a good job of recognizing when we're in the Michael Jordan mindset. That's what I mean. I mean, J- Jordan never really rocked with somebody unless they brought something to support his overall vision, right? Like, if they played with him, I, I'm saying, we're talking about teammates and leading a team, right? Right. They could definitely have been a, a major part of the Knicks or another organization, but they were on the Bulls, and they weren't doing exactly what he needed them to do for that that goal that he knew that he wanted to reach. Right, so for his in his mind, that was mediocre. But the reality is, they may be given all that they could actually give. Now, I do agree that mediocrity is not something I like at all, but I think all of us know that personally. Um, all of us know that personally, what our, what our level of mediocrity is. Sometimes we can mask. Mediocrity has a mask on most times. I mean, let's just keep it funky. Right. You know what I mean? Because you know when you you giving not all yourself to something, but everybody else might not. Right. But you know what? I, I look at it as our, our 80, our 80 is probably someone's 100. Right? And because that's just who we are collectively yeah. in here. Because I mean, let's keep it a buck. Everybody here is the best of the is the best of the best, right? People come in and out of their you know, class. Of their class, <laughs> you know. Pe- you know, sales is a revolving door. Like in like the NBA, only few survive. And I truly believe the ones that are here are the best of the best. Mm-hmm. We're the ones who 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 outlasted everyone else. We, we made the industry. cut in the industry. In yeah, any sure. industry, right? You know, these these are the ones that made the cut. So when you find someone who actually made the cut and is just happy being on the bench, it's like, listen, I just want to, ride the, I just want to keep the bench from flying up. That's what that's all I want to do. You guys go ahead and go score Yo, all the points. There's roles, though. I think everybody has right. roles. So, so to that, yeah, Sam, I mean, I think you're right that a lot of times mediocrity does have a mask on. So I, I read a pretty interesting perspective that said basically – 
every organization has high performers and low performers mm-hmm. and that actually both are necessary. The reason for that is they said high performers typically don't want to do the work that low performers Will typically do. A thousand percent. Yeah. Um, high performers and low performers are not mediocre. They are simply performing at their highest output, whether that's high or low. And see, to me, it's hard to differentiate who's mediocre and who's just a low performer. Right. Because the low performer is not, they're not capable of more. That's what we're saying is yeah. this, this, is the, this is the most they can get. Now, it, the way it's defined is mediocre employees, th- that definition are people that waste their time and others by doing things that add no value. None. All right. So, so to me, like if you're looking at it through the lens of Michael Jordan, you got to look at okay, he's only got a certain amount of spots on the court. That's it. There's not room for a low performer there. Nope. I don't think that's true in every organization. Um, or for someone who doesn't bring value in some way. Now, th- there's no room for those people anywhere. Exactly. Right. I mean, right. now there may be room for them somewhere or somewhere where they can add value, but if they're not adding value here, so. But I think so oftentimes, especially in an industry like ours or or one that's performance based, then we're, we look at we look at the result. And if someone is a low performer, then I think sometimes we tend to put them in that mediocre category. Um, mm-hmm. When that's that may or may not always be right. Well, I I was thinking that um, uh, the effort is what I'm deeming mediocre. You know what I mean? I agree. That's that's how I'm measuring it. Um, if you're if if you're giving no effort, or you you know, are you finding a way to give minimum effort? Yeah, give minimum effort, and that, I'm calling and that's, you mediocre. And, and that's my that's where I'm at with it. Is uh, when you are purposefully, especially when you're in a arena where, like you said, you know, the best of the best. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We we all seen you perform at a high level we've seen you you know you did you did some things you got some trophies but now when it's like a new chapter for everyone you're not you know we know you could do good or right. or, or you're just happy being last well i'm i'm yeah that but, that's, but is that wrong the, i wouldn't say that that's necessarily wrong but i think from a leadership standpoint we have to always recognize who those individuals, like who, who we're leading that falls in that category, right? Because if I'm leading somebody who I know is not interested in doing more or being more, I got to give them tasks, right, to be accountable for those tasks. But if I got somebody high, high performing, I can give them goals. You see, it's a different thing. Like, so it's different between like knowing I, someone I can give goals and someone I can give tasks. Okay, so you're speaking about it from, from a standpoint of, you being the one on top. What if it's you, a leadership what if, podcast. What if it's the opposite way? What if what I, if your boss go. is the one who is, you know, striving to be last on the totem pole so, last on the totem pole. So have you ever read Forty Eight Laws of Power? Uh, no. I know okay. it though. One of the biggest rules is never outshine the boss. You you never win when you do that. Right. Oh, uh, hold on. Depending on the organization. Depending on the organization, right? But look, check this out. Now what happens when you, that you ultimately going to shine anyway, if, if you're in support of that boss, right? Now, we, let's, okay, let's keep it honest, okay? We're in a sales environment, right? Right? And we have offices across the country. 
we know which players in those offices are keeping that office at the top of whatever it is. We know that. But that the whoever is the head of that office is at the top of all also, right? But if you got any common sense, you can tell who's who's helping you win. So I think a, a great a person who's able to be to be in support of the person who who's leading them is a person who's ultimately gonna be ready to lead in a better position. Because if you're not able to support the people who technically are your boss or your leadership, you're never gonna be a highly qualified leader because you're going to only see it from one perspective. For me, I, I, I am very passionate about right. what I put my mind to do. You, uh, you, said this, you said this earlier, which is the whole problem here of you, take, you find it offensive. Correct. You take it personally. <laughs> I, yeah. do. I and, do. And so that's my thing is I'm like, okay, if the person who's in a position above you is by definition the person that we're talking about here, go around them. No, no, like, yeah. like in a professional way, yeah. you know, but just, just, you know, hey, listen, until, until the time comes that I'm promoted or I get to where I want to be, you're going to, you're going to benefit from this. Just move out of my way. I'll let me do the work real quick. Right. right. Um, it, I guess for me, it's more about when you know that the person you're working with is bigger than that, but they just make it their business not to be. <laughs> it's like your, your child. Right, you know your child is capable of so much more because you've seen that your child do more. Potential, potential is worth nothing unless you're actually applying it. I'm, That's I, true. I will be honest with you. You know, I feel like I'm an individual who's had a lot of potential in a lot of things, right? But only the things that I've actually put application to it are things that are going to matter. You know, what I mean, I speak very frankly about that. You know, that's one of my things I'm going to always teach my son. Like, yo, I don't care how much potential you have unless you start to put some work to it. Right. It don't matter because talent never beats hard work. True. You, you feel what I'm saying? So I, I just think from a, um, a standpoint of, like I said, leadership or e- even following. Um, I'll, I'm a big service person. Like, I'm always going to be on service. If, if, I'm, if I can be of service and in service, I'm never going to lose. Because eventually, if you're a natural-born leader, you're going to be put in positions to lead. I don't care what you're doing, or, but you have to also be doing things the right way. Absolutely. You're always going to shine because this, it's innate in you because of who you are. I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, challenge that. I'm talking about a person that is just the ability is there. They choose not to, not to do so, not to use it. And they're doing it purposefully. Meaning, like, it's one thing you're trying hard and you're just not making a cut versus I'm trying my hardest so I can stay right at number 10. I don't want to go to 9, 8, 7, 6. I want to stay at 10. That's exactly where I want to be. As long as I'm number 10, I'm going to do just enough to stay at 10. When I know I could be number one at any given point, but I just want to stay at 10. But that's where, back, it's something that you always harp on of, you gotta, you gotta know your people. You gotta know what makes them tick. It, it's that number ten spot is what makes that person tick. So here's the thing in in our industry because because we're we're paid on performance. I never really took the low performer or the mediocre person personally when it was their choice. Now right. it's different if it's a lack of training or a lack of knowledge. Then I've got some responsibility in that. But if it's their choice, that's okay because their paycheck is also a low performer or their paycheck is also mediocre. 
And if they're okay with that, then at the end of the day, I got to be okay with it too. Because the reality is I can't want this any more than somebody else does. But I do think our situation is unique because that's how it works in our world. Doesn't work that way for everyone. Brandon, you and I talked about this earlier. The problem where allowing um, mediocrity culturally is when if Brandon, if I'm paying you and Sam both a hundred grand a year, but I let Brandon do half the work that you do and pay you guys the same, I've created a problem now culturally, right? Mm-hmm. So, so to me, if you're if you got two employees that are that are being both paid the same salaried wage and you're allowing them to perform differently, that's where culturally the the mediocre result becomes a huge problem. For us, it's like, okay, well, if you're okay with that paycheck, I got to be too. I'm always big on being a change agent too. So like anybody in the room can attest, like generally if I think something can be done differently and I can control it, I'm pretty much going to initiate it. You know what I mean? Somebody going to have to tell me, no, that's the one. That's the one. Relax. You got to relax. You that's know what the I'm one. In, that's that's the leadership in you. So I'm just saying, as a as a, a as a, right leadership, right. So if I know, let's just say I'm on a team with somebody and I can make them better, and they're technically the person who makes the decision on that, I can actually be the change that they need, because you know what they're gonna do for me when it's time for me to lead. They're gonna champion me. They're not gonna they're not gonna try to keep me in a spot. They're gonna champion me because I did something to make them better as a leader also, you know, just by following their lead, tell them some areas that I may think they could do better. I think sometimes the mediocrity standpoint, um, sometimes I, I always look for reasons to be the inspiration opposed to look for, tell people what they need to do to change. And that's, that's my biggest point. I'm always looking to be, uh, you, can, you can lead without being in a leadership role. I think we, we've had an episode a few months back talking about this title actually mean leadership, and it doesn't. I think I think we got to be aware of. Um, sorry, <laughs> I think we got to be. It's okay. It's only the fifth time. I am. It's on airplane mode. But I don't know how that. You on Wi-Fi? Um. Yeah. Well, I think we got to be aware of. You know, um, especially we got to be aware of you know how fresh some of us are, and and some people, some people are seasoned. They're tired. They've been through it. You know what I'm saying? They succeeded. You know what I mean? Then we come in and we're like on fire. And we expect everybody around us to be on fire. Yeah, that that's so that is a good point. But to speak to Sam's point of Michael Jordan, right? Doesn't matter what you did prior to, you're on the A team now. So if you're gonna be on the A team, then get on board. Yeah, but also to that point, also Michael Jordan played on a team with George Gervin, but nobody remembers that. George Gervin was a part of the Chicago Bulls. George Gervin had a longer history of success than Jordan did at the time. But did you ever, do you remember George Gervin playing with Jordan? No. You know why? Because Jordan was the leader of that team, even though he wasn't the elder statesman. But George Gervin gave him a lot of support. And I guarantee you that Jordan has something to this day that he learned from him based on him being willing to accept it in that, that situation. Now, here's the, but see, here's my thing. Is it's all about it's about perspective. Yeah, I go back to Jordan had a limited number of spaces on the court. Mm-hmm. You can only have so many people out there. I if you had gone to Michael Jordan and said, "All right, you can have five of the best players that there's ever been, or you can have unlimited amount 
of low to mediocre performers, he probably would have chose that. I mean, if you got like a thousand people on the court, they're just you're going to win, yeah. right? Over yeah. five. But if you've only got five, like there's no room for anybody else. So you have to decide what do I want. If you have the capacity for more, then I feel like you can. There's room there for not the toxic, not the negative, not the 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 poisoning person. But the person who's maybe not going to be number one all the time. So Harvard Business Review gives us there's 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 four um, a, basically a pre prerequisites for performance excellence. The first one is basically to demonstrate or show the consequences of mediocrity. Obviously, this is an attempt to curb that. So, thoughts. One more time, say that again. Show basically in to to prevent mediocre work, show the consequences of mediocrity or mediocre performance. To that point, this may be uh definitely uh specific to us, but PVFC. Yeah. And then I was thinking <laughs> of uh minimum standard and and some consequences attached to minimum standard. Well, it's, I mean, it's interesting you say that. I mean, basically it says, first, the leader's job is to ensure everyone is clear about what they're doing and why they're doing it um, and how to get there. So, I mean, you got to make sure everybody's got the right tools, they know where they're going, that type of thing. And then, and of course, as we've talked about on many episodes previously, how important the why is. If someone doesn't understand the why behind what they're doing or where they're going – they're probably not going to operate at their peak performance. Um, so, you know, France, this ought to touch to you. It, you know, find ways to connect with people with experiences, feelings, impact of good and bad performance. Basically keeping the human connection alive. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all know that we all know this, yeah. right? I mean, we've talked about it. The second is use concrete measures of influence. Basically, meaningful measures make poor performance painfully apparent. We have those in our in our business. Um, we just talked about some of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think that's all real stuff, man. I think uh, everybody uh, has consequences to it, whether it's personal or whether it's professional. There are consequences to not giving your all. There, there are always consequences. You might not be able to see them immediately because some of those consequences uh, come in the form of things that you never got to experience because you gave half behind performance. Yeah. Here, here's the one that stuck out to me most. And, Sam, this, it goes right in line with what you've said of you don't necessarily have to be in a leadership position to lead. But number three is establish peer accountability. Mediocrity is often a strong sign or a sign of strong supervision. That I don't know if that hit any of y'all differently, mm-hmm. but that's kind of almost counterintuitive to what we've been talking about. Um, and so basically, so like basically giving them room to lead or to find or their mess leadership. Up. But or, yeah, potentially. Yeah. yeah they're, I mean, they're basically saying strong supervision sometimes creates mediocrity. Yeah. Um, so it it goes on to say on the weakest teams, there's no accountability Yeah. on mediocre teams. Bosses are the source of accountability on high, 
on the highest performing teams, peers manage the vast majority of performance problems with one another. That's a, that's wow. a fact. That's a fact. Michael Jordan wasn't the coach. Nope. But him and Scotty would hold everybody accountable, hold himself accountable, and somebody hold my. He had somebody hold them accountable. You're right. True. It's facts. Yeah. I mean, I think. It, I think I you know I, I can uh, I can speak for this room when I say that we all hold each other accountable because we all don't come in here at 110 percent every day. I can speak for myself. There's been plenty of times, even in this past week. You know, I look to Sam and I'm like, Sam, it's just mentally, I'm just not here. Like I'm, I, I, I don't have it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm drained. I'm out of gas. Like I need you to pour into me. And you know, awesome. and and in in those days. Out where I wanted to leave work at one thirty in the afternoon and go home and crawl underneath the covers, I wind up being hit at nine o'clock at night. So, I think we collectively here operate on on that level of a higher level where you know being accountable for one another. And Brandon, you know, we we've had these conversations where you know, man, oh, come on, man, just, just you know, get back in it, or it's vice versa. You know, we we all do that for each other here, and that's I guess for me that's. That's the part where I guess you could say I'm spoiled because we do it for us. We do it for each other. And then when you, I guess when I step out of this bubble and uh, <laughs> get hit with the, no, nah, I just want to be a 10. <laughs> it's just, and I'm like, I don't understand. So I'm going to be a, 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 a alternative uh, theory here. But sometimes if you're striving so much for greatness, you don't have time to actually entertain a mediocrity. Like, you're so focused, hyper focused on what you're doing, that mediocrity doesn't come close to you because it can't, it can't be in your presence. It doesn't, it can't vibe on with yeah. you. Yes. So I think sometimes we should do a better job and not necessarily focus on the mediocrity, but let's focus on the things that we can't control, right? Which is our own energy. And if we do that, ultimately we don't have the room. In my opinion, mediocrity don't want to hang around you. Yeah, I, I was, I was definitely um, talking to to Matt. Um, because he's been killing, right? Right. Talking. Um. So I was talking to Matt, and he he doesn't like to, he doesn't like to like say he's killing. You know what I mean? And I was telling him, like, yo, you we need that energy. You know what I mean? That's that's another way for us to you know, not be mediocre. You know, we got somebody that is killing it. That so let's 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 chase him down. Let's you know yeah. let's get in front of. You know what I mean? But um, we do have people like Matt that don't like to brag on that. And I think, Drew, you do a great job of letting that be known, you know, via email and stuff like that, just letting us know, you know, who's in the lead, you know, starting some type of competition between everybody. And, and that's I feel like that's keeping us from not being mediocre. You get what I'm saying? Right, because it goes back to the step one of everybody knowing exactly where they stand. Yeah, because if you don't have a target or you don't know where the target is, then you're gonna miss it most of the time. Yeah, um, yeah. I think part of the the this concept of the peer accountability is that even a a, a very present leader isn't present everywhere all the time. Yeah, and so when something is said or an action is noticed, and that that person who would normally step in is not in the room, if there is a strong team and that peer steps in then that action or whatever that was going on is oftentimes immediately correct, corrected before it could become a habit 
or become culturally a problem in, in the office or the organization. So I think that that's the value there. So let's, let's pivot a little bit. You know, we're talking about this being, you know, the work environment. What if this is the home environment? How do you handle that? <laughs> let's throw that grenade out there. <laughs> right? Like, we're in the home, though. That's just big. That's them between kids and spouses, bro. That's a big difference. You know, yeah, I don't know. I kind of like with my with my children. Like, we've been watching the Kanye document documentary. Right? Yeah. So that is a abnormal person. Yep. You know what I mean? He's he was he, he knew what it. he wanted. He he was fighting against the current his whole career and piercing through it. You know what I mean? With with persistence. And then I, I like last night I just asked you know my kids what what are you getting from it? Like you know what are you learning from the documentary? And and most of them said the same thing, like, you know, perseverance, you know, just knowing what you want, da 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 And then I took away from it, and this may answer your question, but I took away the lessons that, you know, Kanye's mother was was doing. You know, she was there supporting. She was there, um, you know, championing him, you know, celebrating him. And I was told my kids, I said, yo, that's my job. My job is to support you champion you your job is to figure out what you want to do find the, the the path and work you know what i mean so i th- i think i was having a hard time with my kids to because i felt like i was just trying to push them along to you know to do something or to to get into stuff you know what i'm saying and i don't i don't i didn't know where 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 that ends and when they should be taking responsibility for where themselves. you stop and they start yeah so you know i don't know if that answered anything but you know that's trying to, i'm trying to not have them be medi- mediocre at the home but it's on them you know what i mean yeah i think everybody has to have a, on their own drive though i don't it's a tough one because you know i i would tend to never want to partner with someone who i felt was at a mediocre uh thought process personally you know, I like Dree's not that type of person. Like she, 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 she gonna challenge you. You know what I'm saying? And I'm cool with that. I, I need that sometimes. I need to be able to go home, and somebody be like, "So, what you gonna do? You gonna cry about it? You gonna do something?" Right. Like, like oh, oh, and then I, then I really in love with it. Then you know what I'm saying? Like I love that kind of energy. Yeah, you I know agree. what I'm saying? I agree. So I can't really speak to that. But what I can say is, for me personally. I've always wanted to be the change engine, like I, the change agent. I never wanted to be a person who looked for everybody to change me in a way. Um, but I always wanted to find out ways that I could help in every situation I'm in. And so whatever I'm strong in, I want to be able to pour that out to wherever I can because that only builds, helps helps me also. You know, I think I, even in the home, like, you know, there are going to be areas that you're strong in. Live in that. Be that. And, and it's going to rub off because you – in your home, you there, like the energy just exudes. Right. You know what I mean? I think for me, I, I lead, I lead more with, um, by example, I guess you could say by example where I'm just going to jump out there and it's going to do, do, do. And then if you, you're there with me, it's going to rub off on you, right? You gotta, you gotta jump. If, at some point you're going to jump in also. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, cause if, you know, for example, with you, Brandon, you know, with the kids, you get up in the morning on a Saturday morning and you start cleaning the house, 
everyone's going to kind of start falling in line. They're going to pick up a broom and start cleaning too. Yeah, and they do. Right? Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's my example. And but what, but how, how do you get your wife to the gym when, when you're go, you going to the gym trying to be a, a, a good example? But she ain't getting up and going to the gym. I mean, talk, I, talk I, I, had, I had that literally right now, this morning, that exact example. That's where, why I brung it up. Where uh, <laughs> literally this morning, uh, so Macy's thinking, she, you know, she wants to. Y'all finna be sleeping get, on the couch. Get, yeah. get in shape. No, no, this is a good one. This is a good one. No, no. So she literally, she said. It's, uh, it's fun watching y'all dig these holes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, just like you'll watch no, it. <laughs> so she, she literally, she just started going to the gym this week. Uh-huh. And uh, this morning. You got I, your Hilton rewards? Uh, <laughs> I, I woke her up. I woke her up this morning. I'm like, "All right, babe, come on. Like, you got to go to gym." She's like, "No, my legs hurt." I'm like, "That's okay. You're doing arms today, <laughs> right?" So that was my answer. But right, so you, it's okay. Do you hear him? You got to go to the gym. <laughs> right. This this was we is. I'm about to say we is what definitely right. gets it done. But well, in done. my case, it can't be a we because we have a we have a nine month old, so we got to take turns. It's either her going or I'm going, but we can't go together. That's just not happening. However, I, I'm of the type, I'm the firm, belie- firm believer of if you tell me you're making a commitment, I'm going to hold you to that commitment, whether it's uh, personal or whether it's in business. And when you find ways to skirt, you know, uh, skirt tail that commitment, whether home or in, in, in business, I, it starts to make me itch because it's like you just now, you, you just want to do the just enough to just be on the board. Just to say you did it. Hey, Franz, let me and that phone. bothers me. Let me see your phone. I'm going to download Hotels.com. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about home life. I'm not talking about home life. I'm talking about work life. <laughs> for those now, listening. Now he's, now he's backpedaling. <laughs> for those listening, I love my wife. All right, so. <laughs> Clean up. Play that. Hit it. <laughs> <laughs> all right so in in closing number four is speak up uh and basically that high performance is a norm that needs to be defended regularly um you know my takeaway from that is i was listening to i think it was craig rochelle or somebody the other day that that talked about the the leadership pain leading through the pain and if you're if you're leading correctly there's always going to be some element of pain Oftentimes, I think one of the biggest things, at least for us, is that when there is that potential there, you you see it, you know what could be. They don't they don't want it as bad as you want it, and that that hurts, right? When you're when you're investing more than they are. Um, but the other side of it is, you can't you can't lead and be afraid of confrontation or be afraid to address those situations. Now, at some point, I think you do have to you got to figure out who who wants it worse. Um, and so, and if, if, if it's you as the leader, then you're going to be heartbroken most of the time. So you gotta, you gotta change your, I guess, not change your standards, but just realize what that, where, where that person is going to land. And it's probably not going to be any more than that. Um, Drew, but, you said it best the other day we were talking and you said how, uh, when you first got into the business where, you know, if the people around you weren't operating at a at a hundred percent capacity, they could kick rocks, right? right? And you had to f- find that balance in, within yourself, sure, to manage that. Yep, I'll, and push through a lot of people that would have would have given me eighty percent of what I wanted, 
And looking back, I, I what a mistake that was because I, I lost the 80% that I could have had. Um, and so, once again, that doesn't work in every organization because right. if I'm – you can't allow that if you're paying two people the, the exact same wage. But, but it's, it's hard when you have a, a gallon of water and you're trying to pour it into a cup that you don't see the bottom is out of. You know what I mean? Imagine yeah. pouring into a cup and it's just – you don't even see the fact that it's open at the bottom. You just keep pouring. Why is it not filling up? And then you know, by the time you notice it, the gallon is empty. Right. You know, that, that is tough to deal with. Um, and then now you got to take more energy to, to fill that cup back, fill that gallon back up for yourself. Um, it's hard pouring, pouring, and pouring, and pouring, and pouring, and pouring. Um, and it's just into an empty cup. Like, it's, that's just tough. That's just tough. That's just tough. Well, yeah, here's this easy solution for everyone out there. Just don't be mediocre. <laughs> Amen. Be great. Be great. Go be, go how be, to great. be great. How to be great. <laughs> Y'all have a good week. If you got 1% of value from this podcast, do us a favor. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Tell your friend. Tell your coworker. Until we meet again. Lead one.